Welcome back, Kofkenbond listeners. We're here with episode 112, and today, Tony, I'm dealing with the uh, all the equipment here, so I'm hoping it records all right. One take, Tony. Can't disappoint me. No, well, I'm seeing some blue lines at the moment, so from from that angle... I Where's your headphones? Good. Usually you have headphones on. Well, Willard normally wears them, so maybe I'll listen back to it after this. But, Tony, look, today we sort of raised the topic, and uh, Willard posted an interesting article on our website, uh, but it was the, the Art of Conversation. Now, we're not really going to... S- go into sort of what that article We're not was. going to have a conversation. No, we may, but... <laughs> but it was talking about contacting your friends, you know, whether it's via text or, or that's the power of social media as well, that there there is actually other ways to communicate. Um, but that art of conversation is still going to stand, isn't it? What I always say to all the youngsters in this office, just pick up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's... Um, it, it, first of all, it's usually a lot quicker. Um, but secondly as well, it's I actually just picked up the phone prior to walking in here, um, a client who is waiting for a deposit on a property yeah. uh, to come back into her bank account and it's just that the lack of, how, not that there's any risk of the money not being received, but the silence of having to always chase up the solicitor where we at, where we at, rather than being told. Yeah. And that can cause a bit of anxiety. So I actually just picked up the phone rather than sending an email, just picked up the phone just to make sure she was okay and realised that the money was coming, but that I had actually spoken to the solicitor just in respect to that silence because you don't, you don't, want, you don't want doubt. I mean, it's a, it's a fair sum of money yeah. and you don't want doubt. And realistically, it's not how long it's taken is the lack of communication and telling her how long it could be and then if it isn't received by a certain date just pick up the phone saying listen it's it's there just hasn't cleared or whatever the case may be so what we're going to talk about today and i raised it with you before but it was your conversation uh, with clients Um, and when i raised the topic and i thought it'd be interesting today was when you've got clients that are coming into you telling you what they want um, Mm -hmm. and sort of guiding them through that process that you know, I guess we'll talk about a positive where we say, yes, um, this is what you should be doing. Um, and of course, that's great, even though it's not putting them in a better financial situation. Or when you might have the really extreme where you say, look, I actually can't help you in this situation because I believe you're putting yourself in detriment. So let's start Let's start with the negatives. Um, if you've got a client coming in and they, 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 they've come to you, see you, and I think they want that gratification of someone agreeing with them um, and, you're not, and you're not going to do that sometimes. Do you agree with me? Like, a lot of times I definitely don't but <laughs> I know. How, how do you approach that conversation with a client when they're, when they're saying to you look this is what we want to do um, we've thought about it we think it's right uh, but you know I guess from a financial and projection point that that's not going to work. Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of scenarios. Sometimes a client will look at something based on emotion yeah. or an emotional attachment or to a dream or something like that and they don't necessarily look at what are the potential consequences. And as I've always said and even say to my children, you know, when they're growing up, don't think of the word consequences negative. Uh, the word Understanding what the consequences of your actions are can, is actually a positive thing because it can stop you from doing something which is just wrong um, or it could actually show you the consequence of doing that is actually correct. 
So, but a lot of people when they hear consequences, like if you don't do that, you get the strap. That was, well, my generation at school. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, I didn't get hit with the strap. Oh, I've still got scars. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the strap if we didn't hand in our homework Monday morning. Oh, There's a lot yeah. of sickies on Mondays. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, it's, uh, but it's, um, so the, the basis is the con- consequences always had a negative overture to them. Uh, so what we look at is saying, yeah, you can do that. It's uh, not a problem. Here is uh, what the the facts that are going to support what you want to do, or you say, oh, I don't like those facts. Is this really what we want to do? So the facts might be, for example, that in 15 years' time you'll be a million dollars worse off for actually doing that than what you could be if you did this. Now, remember the advice we give has zero emotional attachment to it. It's what's in the client's best interest. Um, Sometimes though, you do have those, so we have no biases or anything like that. Well, that's actually a wrong statement as well because everyone has a bias, but our bias is towards putting a client in the best possible situation that they can be in that they might not have actually realized that they could be in and they think what they've come to us, their idea they've come to us is going to put them in that best uh, situation. So that emotional state. We don't also don't want to dash dreams. No, and I was going to say, but does, it's, does yeah. it come from property? Is property the main source of this sort of conflict sometimes? Yeah, it's, it's a different conversation, isn't it, when you're having this conversation in Australia compared to, say, having a conversation in the US. Yeah. Uh, so where, you know, property ownership is a lot more achievable goal over in the US than basically what it is here now in Australia. Um, the It is, so sometimes, and sometimes it's based around lifestyle. Yeah. It's, um, and don't get me wrong, we all love a big house and things like that. But what financial stress and pressure is that going to potentially put you under uh, in regards to getting you that dream house that all of a sudden you're not enjoying that dream house because every month you're just living, you know, paycheck to paycheck basically uh, to be able to afford that dream house of keeping up with the Joneses basically. So not, not actually buying within your means or investing within your means and stuff like that. That's what that can be. Or sometimes it's a case of, well, right now you're, you know, for your what you want in retirement, you've got a shortfall of $600,000 and you've got 10 years to make that up, but you want to go and buy a property that's going to put you under $70,000 a year of financial stress and something that you can't retire in. And you might still have debt upon retirement in having the, and that property might be a lifestyle. And then you get the, oh, I can Airbnb it. Well, not when the pandemic hits. <laughs> so it's, um, and these, these well, are the things. Maybe in Victoria. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. You told me stop getting political in these podcasts, Jamie. So not allowed to mention stuff like that. But, but you know, it, it is, if you think about it, if you had a holiday house in Torquay, um, and you would be doing summer rentals or airbnb it and things like that. This pandemic, and if you had debt on that, this pandemic has really hurt that dream. Yeah. Uh, because all of a sudden that's a case of, well, I'm not getting the 50 grand a year in rent that I was getting, or Airbnb rent or whatever you call that, uh, that they're actually getting. Uh, but they've still got $40,000 a year in repayments to make. Or they've put the mortgage on pause and it's just gone up in the interest payments on it. 100% correct. So... So these are the things where you have to understand the underlying risks involved of making that decision or not making that decision. And that's the hard part in the conversation. So I'm not going to ever sit here and say to a client, listen, you're wrong. But 
if I think what they want to do is detrimental, I can't support that yeah. because I have to act in the best interest of the client. It doesn't mean what they want to do is wrong, but if I think in five years' time that – I mean, one of the biggest factors in speaking to um, our colleague Joe Walters, who is a family lawyer and has done a lot of uh, divorces, one of the major issues in divorce is financial stress. Yeah. You know, so financial stress and then blame game happens. Well, we should never have done this. You put us under this stress. So I can't support something that could end up uh, causing a divorce um, or end up uh, causing poverty in retirement, or especially when I know there's other options which are far better for them. And so what am I going to do? The numbers and charge them a fee to do the numbers for them to implement something that's totally wrong? That's just, I just don't think that's acting in their yeah, best interest. Yeah, and so how, how does that conversation go? Because, look, I know there's been people that walk out of here because they haven't accepted that, you know, we this is the advice that's coming across. Um, but I think it actually gives people a lot of clarity when they do come in. That's, that's the It's actually thing. showing them the options. Yeah. And, you know, and I like to think I'm okay with this, but Matt is the king of this. Yeah. It's actually showing uh, clients the actual options that are available to themselves. Here's what you want to do. Here's here's the consequences of what you want to do. Here's the outcome of what you want to do. Here's another option for you to consider. Here's the consequences of doing that. Here's the outcome. Here's a third option that you might want to consider, which might be a mixture of both of those options. So option number two might be the best alternative, the best outcome for you. But emotionally, you say no. Yeah. Uh, and, and we had a client who was going to did downsize, would bought a new place to live uh, in a city, uh, and then decided no, they wanted out of that contract. Uh, had another client who ended up buying the property off them, which was all fine, but that was an emotional decision uh, that they made, not their best financial decision, but an emotional decision. Now that could have ended up costing them dearly. Uh, still not the best outcome for them, could have ended up costing them dearly. It hasn't, thankfully, but it's not the best outcome for them. So it's kind of, they still did the downsize, but it was kind of a mixture of the best outcome. Uh, and so they got more money for retirement in the downsize. So, and, and that's where it comes down to it. Not that it's the wrong decision, because uh, it was definitely the right decision to downsize. It's just not the ultimate outcome that could have eventually happened. But I'd be that type of client. We've gone that over on a few podcasts. You know, I know I know I make decisions that are detrimental to growing wealth, but I make them for lifestyle reasons. Going overseas nine <laughs> times in one year. Aren't you <laughs> glad you yeah, did it? You haven't uh, been able to do it since. I know, that's right. You can't get over and the honeymoon's not going there anymore. But I make those decisions because that's what I want as a lifestyle choice. Yeah. Um, you know, but where I have other friends and we have clients and things like that, that would make the decisions to put that away for a deposit and, and to build that house and then to get that second one. Yeah, but also too, it, it also comes down to the stage of where you are in life. So when you did do, I think it was three trips in one year? Uh, well, one's, one's paid by you. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so it's, uh, but in, in saying that though, uh, those three trips, well, let's say two that you had to pay for, uh, in the one year, um, they they were great and they're great memories that have been built and things like that. And you guys were 25, 26, something like that. So you didn't have a mortgage, uh, don't have children. If you're 35 and trying to pay school fees and got a mortgage and uh, and got children and, you know, all the rest of it, mm, might not be the greatest decision at that stage. So what is that going to do? If you didn't do those trips and you put that into your superannuation fund, 
what's that going to do for you at age 60? Not yeah. much, to be brutally honest. I mean, it, you, you're set when you're age 60 anyway. So different stages now. If I uh, just turned 52, I'm 52 years old and I uh, had a massive mortgage and I'm living paycheck to paycheck, but I decided, oh, for my 52nd birthday, let's go off to the US and spend 10 grand. Um, you know, well, that's ridiculous. You know, so if I'm 52 with no mortgage and the kids and I'm no longer paying school fees, yeah, you can do it. So it's a different scenario. So, but these are the things where you actually having that conversation to tell someone what they want to do is not in their best interest, not what they want to do is wrong. So that conversation just always has to be open and honest. Absolutely, it does. And that's our job. You know, if somebody just wants to come here to, you know, be patting the head and be told what they want to do is the best thing for them, well, they're they're going to get that if it is actually the best thing for them. But otherwise, they're just going to get the uh, the honest truth. But be able to understand the reasons why we've suggested maybe to look at an alternative or a mixture of what they want to do and an alternative. And do you think that's the strength of Kafka Bond that we help? I guess we're not telling people, um, you know, we might tell each other in here, but when we're, when we're working with clients, I know you and Matt, and as you were talking to Matt as well with these clients, it's just that guiding and education process within that conversation. Absolutely. And even just a simple thing on, you know, insurance. We've had people that have, you know, been referred to us and said, can you can you get me this cheaper? And yeah, you can have junk if you want, but most importantly, is that going to pay out in the event of a claim? Yeah. And so it's actually the conversation and the art of the conversation is explaining once again the consequences or the reasonings why we would recommend this for them and the consequences of action or inaction of doing so. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a weird one. I don't think we've done this. What would be an advice for clients coming in about how to handle those first meetings? What makes for a better meeting? Is it, again, them being open and honest about what their goals are that really lead into the great conversations? Yeah, I think um, th- there's well, there's a number of things in. You know, I've, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive, so, you know, 29 years now, yeah. so... Actually, <laughs> we're, on, we're on par. We're on That's par. right. So it's, um, you know, so the... Realistically, it's a case of somebody's coming in to see me in the vast, vast majority of the times have been referred to us by another tr- trusted source. So yep. whether that's a family member who's already an existing client or their accountant or their lawyer, so someone who's a, a, a trusted source. The thing is, though, is they're coming in to see us because they have a need. They're not coming in to see us because they heard that I'm a nice bloke uh, because that's wrong, isn't it? <laughs> so I was waiting for you to say oh, that, Jamie. <laughs> radio silence for me. Okay, so it's um, it's it's more of a case of that open openness and honesty uh, from that. That's what they would expect from us, and for us to be able to help them be in a better position than what they are, and that's always our ultimate goal. They walk out of here in a better position than what they did when they walked in. Yeah. So from that perspective, it's a case of. Um, just be open and honest with what you want. And I'll tell you whether we can help them or not. And if we can help them, I'll show them how. I'll show them how much it's going to cost them uh, to be in that better position. Uh, But when you consider everything is that it's having the open conversation. If they don't feel at ease that they can have that open conversation with me, then I'm simply not the right person for them to deal with. Uh, Because that's how... and, And that's where... 
you know, we've got so many clients in here who have been clients for over 20 years. It's because of those continual open conversations. And, you know, people who you've developed friendships with, you've you've known, I've got clients who have known me longer than my own children have known me. You know, they've been clients longer than my kids have been on earth. So they've seen my progress and growth and everything that we've gone through and and having kids and, you know, I'm a pretty open person. That's never been hidden. So... It's, it's having that understanding where they can actually just pick up the phone and say, I've got an issue. Uh, I remember once I got a phone call from a client um, and he said, oh, just, you made your comment. Tony, you know everyone, I need a good divorce lawyer. And I said, oh, you're shitting me. And he goes, no, why? And I said, I can't believe it. You know, I said, this is a real conflict for me because, you know, I love the two of you as a couple. He goes, Oh, no, no, we're not getting divorced. <laughs> and I said, oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, so it was, uh, but it was interesting that he rang me as a trusted source. Yeah. Uh, but I was really conflicted. You know, if, if it was them, I was going to be, have to conflict myself out of it because yeah. they're just such a lovely couple. And more of the fact, it was, it was like, my God, you know, them, how could, that, how could that happen? So it's, um, so, so based on that, it is, it is them. And, and he, trusted me that I could actually introduce him to someone who could actually solve a situation for a family member of his. Uh, And and they did, and it was done wonderfully well in a collaborative manner uh, that really, you know, as amicable as a divorce can be, it was done tremendously well. Yeah. Uh, from that perspective, so so, th- but these are this going back to that thing of having that open conversation. He trusted me enough that if I didn't know the right person, I would say no, I don't know. Cool. Yep. All right, Tony. Thank you very much for an open and honest conversation today. As always, with you, Jamie. The Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond and Co., which we are an authorised representative of Can Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Kafka Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kafka Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kafka Bond and Co. and the hosts of the Kafka Bond Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.